0: podcast dedicated to suspense and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. I'm
1: Joshua. We love scary old-time radio stories. There's nothing quite like a disembodied voice telling a genuinely disturbing tale. But do these stories stand the test of time, or are we being deceived by nostalgia? Are they suspenseful or forgettable, bone-chilling or butt-numbing? That's what we're here to find out.
0: Our selection this time comes at the request of a listener. Shannon writes us,
2: I love your podcast. I don't know anyone else who listens to OTR, so it's awesome to be able to hear you discuss the episodes. Would you consider a request? My favorite is Song of the Slasher, but I'd love to hear your takes on any Inner Sanctum episodes from 1945 or thereabout, where Raymond, the host, has to interact with Mary, the Lipton Tea Lady. Keep up the good work,
0: Shannon. That's a dead-on Shannon impression. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Inner Sanctum was a popular old-time radio program that aired from January 7th, 1941 to October 5th, 1952. It was created by producer Hyman Brown, and all 526 episodes were broadcast.
0: The early programs opened with Raymond Edward Johnson introducing himself as your host, Raymond, who told weird, morbid jokes and lots and lots of puns, which, depending on your point of view, can be scary. The
2: Lipton Tea Lady Shannon referred to in her request is the show's sponsor beginning in 1945, which this episode is from. The Lipton Tea Lady, who was Mary Bennett, would appear with Raymond, creating a truly odd couple. It sounds a little like a speed date gone terribly wrong.
0: Not to be confused, of course, with the fictional Jane Austen character Mary Bennett. A
1: series of six low-budget universal horror movies starring Lon Chaney Jr. and based on the radio show was produced in the 1940s, calling Dr. Death weird woman dead man's eyes the frozen ghost strange confession and pillow of
0: death all right well you got it chan and here you go inner sanctum song of the slasher forget the petty distractions around you forget what you think you know forget everything but what you hear right now it's late at night and a chill is set in you're alone and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio listen to the sounds coming from the speaker Listen to the music and listen to the voices.
3: Lipton Tea and Lipton Soup presents Inner Sanctum Mysteries. of the Inner Sanctum.
4: This is your
3: host, Raymond, the gay ghoul. <laughs> Friends, would you like to uh, fly through the air with the greatest of Do you think you'd enjoy being invisible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's easy. All you have to do is become a ghost. And to become a ghost, all you have to do is accentuate the ectoplasm and eliminate the protoplasm. Man... If that doesn't work, we'll introduce you to one of the characters on our show. He'll take care of you.
4: And that's the truth. What awful people on this show. Wherever do you find them, Mr. Raymond? Well, it's simple.
3: All you have to do is turn over a rock, and out they come crawling. Hmm.
4: And just suppose you were looking for decent people. How would you find them? Oh, well, now,
3: Mary, you were the one who showed me how I'd just go snooping around houses and peering into windows, and I'd find all the nice people drinking Lipton tea.
4: Oh, dear, there you go, making fun again. You know, maybe if you drank Lipton tea, you wouldn't be such a bitter, unhappy person. Yes, there's something so warming and cheerful about Lipton. I guess that's why lots of folks drink it not only at mealtimes, but between meals. Or whenever they get a chance to sit down and enjoy Lipton's famous brisk flavor. Mm -hmm. That word brisk, B-R-I-S-K, explains a lot when it comes to tea flavor. Brisk means that Lipton tea always tastes tangy and and bracing. It's never flat or wishy-washy. That's right. You just don't know how good tea can be till you know how good Lipton's is.
3: All right, Mary. Um, As long as you're in the kitchen, you'd better sharpen up a couple of knives as our main character tonight is going to use them. The story is called Song of the Slasher. It's an original radio play by Milton Lewis and stars... Arnold Moss in the role of Detective Dan Miller. Are you uh, ready? Then uh, gather close and listen. If you find you're getting too many chills and just sitting in a fire, huh? <laughs> a thick, murky fog hangs like a damp veil over the waterfront. The streets are deserted. Buildings loom like tombstones in a cemetery. No living soul can be seen because people with sense stay behind locked doors. The slasher has murdered and mutilated his fifth victim in eight days. In a drab, lonely little room, a young woman suddenly looks up when she hears a door close.
4: Wow. Well. well, what's the matter? Can't you speak? Hey, you get away from me! Get back up! That knife! What are you doing with that knife? You're that slasher! Help! Help me, someone! It's the slasher! Help! Hello, police headquarters. Hello. It, it it's the slasher. What are you talking about? He's here. Twelve doctors. He's
3: upstairs. Mr. Nell's apartment. I can hear it screaming now. He's with her. I, I go upward. I I am I'm an old man. It's the slasher. He's killing her. <laughs> Hello. Is that you, Miller? Speaking. This is Captain Quinn, headquarters. Here's the chance you've been waiting for. The slash is at 12 Dock Street, right around the corner from you. On my way, Captain. Bye. And that's how it started. A detective is asked to do some queer things in the line of duty. I didn't mind moving down to the dump at the waterfront with my wife if it would help catch the slasher. So when I got the call, I rushed out of my joint and beat it down to 12 Dock Street. Oh. Oh. Where is he? Way to go. He...
4: He... Listen,
3: I... I... Oh, don't do that. I'll get you doctor. I... Uh, and uh, listen to me, sister. I don't know her name, is. Are they going to send an ambulance? Yeah, yeah, but it won't do her no good. You were too late... Did you see the guy who did it? I saw nobody. He can't be far. He was here a minute ago. I heard someone go out the back way. When? A minute ago. Listen. It's coming from that alley down there. The fog's so thick you can't see two feet out of you. The back way goes into the alley. And then and it's him. The slasher. Out of the alley, the radio cars and the men from the precinct were coming. We went through that neighborhood with a sieve, but we couldn't find the guy who whistled that queer tune.
4: Is that you, Danny? Yeah. Oh, what happened?
3: You shouldn't have got out of bed, baby.
4: I was worried got away. Did
3: he kill another? Yeah, yeah, another dane It wasn't so foggy. I could have seen him. That's how close it was. He close? No, nothing to speak of. Hey, look, look, baby. Don't you worry about this. You go back and get some sleep.
4: I'm frightened, Danny. That man is somewhere in this neighborhood and us living here.
3: I shouldn't have brought you down here. we are going back to our old place tomorrow.
4: No, I'm not. I don't want you here alone and I want to stay there. Shut you. up. Danny. Listen.
3: You hear that, don't you? That ain't something I'm hearing in my head is...
4: Danny, what are you... Answer
3: me, answer me. I want to make sure I ain't hearing Well,
4: of course I hear it. It's someone whistling. But why are you acting like this?
3: He, the... The slasher whistles that tune. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I heard him tonight.
4: Then, well, the killer... The slasher must be somewhere around here.
3: I'm going out, baby. The door. The whistling was somewhere in the building. I listened. Where was it coming from? It was gone. I looked at my watch. 4:30 in the morning. I walked down the stairs listening to the whistle. I, I walked on my toes, listened at the other flats. I didn't hear a thing. I went down into the cellar. There was someone there, all right. Oh, who's there? It was Sykes, a janitor. I came closer. Oh, oh it's you, Mr. Miller. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Sykes. Hey, what's the matter? You're, you're shaking like you got a fever. You... Yeah. You frightened me. Why? I thought you were the slasher. Yeah? He's around here, you know. He might be hiding in these shadows. He might be anywhere. Everybody's afraid of him. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, so I hear. What um, time did you come down here? 4.30, like I do every morning. Why? Is there any stranger in the building? No, I didn't see anyone Who lives in the flat below us? Mr. Trevelyan Reginald Trevelyan Funny name He's a funny fella Never sleeps at night Wanders around the building whistling to himself Whistling to himself? Yeah He writes music or something He got a piano in his place today He talks crazy sometimes Think he's up there now? Yeah, he never sleeps. Here. Twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's for you. Why are you giving this to me? I want you to tell me when Mr. Trevelyan leaves his apartment. Do you get it? Yeah, but but why? I ain't paying you 20 bucks to ask questions. Mr. Miller. Yes? What is it, Mr. Miller? My wife and I live upstairs. I know it's kind of late, but... Uh, can I come in here for a minute? Of course. Hope I'm not disturbing you. No, it's quite all right. You're the people who moved in a few days ago? That's right. Glad to know you. My name is Reginald Trevelyan. Dan Miller's mine. Have you been up all night? Yes. Why do you ask? Well, because maybe you can help me. Someone tried to break into our place at about 4.30 this morning. Really? Mr. Miller, you think your wife would be very annoyed if I played the piano now? No. No, I don't think so. She, uh, she likes music. Does she? She seemed like a charming girl. I noticed her when you first moved in. You're very lucky to have such an attractive wife. You, uh, you whistle yourself like that very often? Yes. Especially when I'm working on a new composition. All night, Mr. Miller, please, get out of here. I want to be alone. You're a queer, you are. Huh? I'm not interested in your opinion. Well, what are you waiting for? Get out of here! Get out of here! Try it. I've lost it! What, what? That passage! You see what you've done? I had it a minute ago, and now it's gone gone! <laughs> it's so spit lately. Keep forgetting things. I'm sorry if I was rude to you. I didn't mean to be. Mr. Miller... Good night. Mr. Miller... Is it really true what it says in the papers about the slasher? That he has the whole neighborhood trembling in terror? Yes. Lovely. Trembling for their miserable little lives... Worried about that dirty little souls. Shivering in fear in their ugly little rat holes. If I knew who the slasher was, I'd embrace him and give him every penny I had. Why? Because I hate them. Because they laugh at me.
4: Because. Good night, Mr. Miller.
3: phoned headquarters, told them to check on Trevelyan. Oh, he was a queer one, all right. So queer, I didn't tell Laura about him. I didn't want to scare her. Couldn't arrest him. I didn't have anything on him yet. I lay down to rest. Maybe I heard it in my dream. Maybe not. I heard that whistling again. That same tune. I think that's what woke me. I looked around. Laura. She was gone. And the door was open. Please. Daddy! Daddy! help! Help! I rushed out. The hall was filled with thick fog. In the yellow light, I saw a crumpled heap on the floor. I recognized... Laura's battle. Well, we've kept the blood from flowing long enough on with the murders. Listen as we hear Arnold Moss as Dan Miller finish that story. Laura was alive in a dead faint. I scooped her up in my arms and rushed her back to our flat. She opened her eyes a few minutes later Danny You're okay, baby
4: He was going to kill me Yeah, yeah,
3: drink some of this
4: Uh, Thanks Oh, Danny, it was awful awful. What happened? Well, you were asleep I went out to get the milk And I heard someone whistling
3: Do you remember what?
4: That same queer melody we heard before The one the slasher whistled So I thought I'd help you Help me? I thought I'd see him I walked quietly down the hall and there was no one there. Then I turned the corner. Yeah? I saw the knife gleam. Someone was hiding in the shadows. He grabbed my neck and I screamed. I screamed, Danny. I, I screamed so I thought I'd burst my throat and then it all went flat. Did you see him? No, but I felt his hands on my throat. They were strong hands, fingers like steel, and I...
3: Oh, Danny, I'm sorry, I... I can't even talk about it. Now, oh, now, lie down, lie down. You'll be all right.
4: But when you think that he's right here,
3: maybe living in this building... No, well, he won't be here long. I'm calling headquarters.
4: you know who he is?
3: I got a good idea. Now, just let me get on that phone and... Oh, Danny, maybe that's him. I take it easy, take it easy, kid. Um. Who's there? Dice. It's just a janitor, baby. Oh. What do you want? He went out. Provided? Yeah. Okay. Laura, get dressed. I want to get you out of here before the trouble starts. I'll be gone for a few minutes. Where are you going? With Mr. Sykes. Got a key, Sykes. Yeah, but I'll have to go along with you. You you can't take anything. You know what this badge means? You a detective? Yeah, yeah. Now let's go. What are you doing here? Looking for the slasher? I'll write your book about it, pal. And here's his choice. Open the door. All right. But you'll have to hurry. He might come back any minute. All I want is enough evidence. I'll take care of him when we get it. The door's open. Come on in. It was 8 in the morning. But it could have been 8 at night. The fog was so thick. I knew this was it. I couldn't take any chances. I had to get all the evidence on him before I nabbed him. And I had to get it. Without him being wise, what are you looking for? Knives. We know he's got at least three. I don't see none. Neither do I. Maybe it's a bum steer. I could be wrong. Hey, 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 what's this? Music. He's He's always writing it. I used to be a choir boy once. They taught me how to read them notes. I wonder if I still can. Why? Because I think this may be a tune I'm looking for. Let me see. Did you ever hear it before? Yeah. Bet you did. He's always whistling it. I heard it myself when he killed the last one. You gotta find those knives. Despite a hurry, I think he just went out to get some breakfast. I looked everywhere. Couldn't find the knives. I couldn't bring a guy in just because I heard a song. I found a bunch of keys. They were trunk keys. But there was no trunk. I think I hear him coming. Never mind what you think. Where does he keep his trunk? In the storeroom in the cellar. He's always going down there for things. Hold it, hold it. That's him. Yeah. Come here. There's room behind this upright piano for both of us. Would the piece to shut, shut up. up? Shut up. Get behind here and hurry. We sat down at the piano and... Played a queer arrangement of the same tune that led me to him. I reached for my gun just in case. Suddenly, I felt the sweat ooze out of me. It was sweat that—it felt like ice. I didn't have my gun. I remembered I took it off when I laid down to rest. Can I get it right? He's going out again. Come on, Sykes. I told you to hurry before. I hear him going down those stairs. It's it's safe to go now. All right, Sykes. We're going to open that trunk in the store. Is this trunk, Mr. Miller? This key should open it. The knives? Yeah. The knives. Look at them, look at them. Covered with blood. Hmm. Sykes, go to the police precinct. Tell them Miller sent you. Tell them to come over here with as many men as they can spare. All right, all right. I took the knives and put them under my coat. Went up to my room. (laughs)
4: I'm leaving.
3: I'll be home soon. I could hear Laura talking on the phone with someone. I open the door.
4: Oh, of course. I... Oh, I better hang out now. Danny just came in. Goodbye, darling.
3: Who are you talking to?
4: Mother, I'm, I'm ready to
3: go. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's no rush. Listen, Danny. Is
4: that man at the piano? Sounds like the flasher song. Yeah. What
3: have you got there? My gun. Come on, baby. We're going
4: man playing
3: the piano.
4: Are you sure he's a slasher? Yeah. Positive. Oh, Danny, you're hurting
3: my arm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm nervous. It's his place. Come on in with me.
4: Come in with
3: you? Yeah. I figured out a way to trap him. But
4: Danny, I'll... Don't be
3: scared, baby. You'll be okay. Oh. It's you. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Trevelyan. I'd like you to meet my wife. I'm delighted. How do you do? Would you like to hear something? It's a composition I've just completed.
4: I've had a great deal of trouble with it. But I think I've got it right now. <laughs> are you... I've Yeah,
3: you got it coming to your slasher.
4: Are you... Stupid... Why, you idiot? Why did you give me a
3: chance? My music, not even written down.
4: Benny, you murdered him. Yeah. Why?
3: You'll find out.
4: What are you going to do with that knife?
3: It's one of his knives. And still, Laura. Danny, it's me. a minute.
4: Danny, what's the matter You're with you? They're
3: coming to you too. Why? I know who you were talking to on that phone. It wasn't your old lady. What? It was Jerry Boyd, that guy who lives next door, wasn't it? Answer me, wasn't no, it? No, no. Lie to me.
4: So this is why you made me come down here with you. You planned this all along.
3: That's right, baby. And that's why I had you insured for 40 grand. Oh. You made one bad mistake. You married a smart cookie.
4: You're going to kill me and blame it on the slasher. Yeah.
3: No! Help me, someone! Help me! Daddy, don't! don't! <clears throat> oh! When it was over, I... Wiped the knife clean of fingerprints. And then I, I smeared Trevelyan's hand over the handle. I knew what to do. Made it look good. Made it look perfect. There's a way to get away with murder. And I found it. I thought. Go on with the report, Norm. Well, Captain Quinney. After I sent Sykes to the precinct, I went upstairs for my gun. My wife wasn't there. and got the gun, I heard a scream. I rushed to his place, I opened the door. I, I saw Laura. The second I thought I'd pass out. Yeah? He, he grabbed a knife and come at me, and I shot him and killed him. Oh, Laura. She was insured for $40,000, wasn't she? Yeah. 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 difference does that make no a lot of difference Miller I want you to meet someone come in Sykes yes Captain did you hear Detective Miller's report clearly yes sir was he telling the truth no he lied what are you talking about I didn't go to the police when you told me I hid in the cellar I saw you go upstairs I saw you get your wife and go to Trevelyan's place I listened at the door. I heard you shoot Trevelyan and then murder your wife. Captain, the man's insane. Yes, Miller. a homicidal maniac. I'll take away his coat. You see? He's handcuffed. I don't get it. He's the slasher. (whistles) He? It's impossible. I told you about that, Melody. Why... It's still on Trevelyan's piano. Oh. Trevelyan copying down that melody after he heard Sykes whistle it. Yeah. I whistled the whole thing for him. But the knives I found in Trevelyan's trunk. I put them there. I knew who you were. Sykes was trying to frame Trevelyan. He's made a complete confession, Miller. But how did you find out When you he... asked us to check on Trevelyan, we discovered that he's quite a famous, if eccentric composer. I checked up on the other people in the building at the same time found out that Sykes escaped from the State Institute for the insane two years ago. He's confessed. Yeah. I'm the slasher. Why should Trevelyan become famous for what I'd done? You had a perfect crime all figured out, Miller. But you made one little mistake. You decided the wrong person was the slasher. Even a copper can't pull a perfect one, Miller. (laughs) telling you all this because in ten minutes I won't be able to tell nobody anything. Ever since I made my report I've been, been hearing that song in my head like like somebody whistling it. Soon I, I, I won't hear that either. give you another one. you love this one. Beat her till she's black and blue. Break her arms and legs in two. Then tell her to brew a cup of Lipton tea for
4: you. <laughs> oh, I give <laughs> up. All I can hope is that folks don't pay any attention to all these peculiar things you say about Lipton's. And I guess they don't. The proof is that more people drink Lipton tea than any other brand. But if any of you folks haven't tried Lipton's, then why don't you do so now before Mr. Raymond says a word more about it? Why not let that famous brisk flavor speak for itself?
3: Well, now, if you weren't too caught up by tonight's story, let me tell you about next week's gory little tale. It's, uh... What a beautiful woman who holds your hand, tells you about the future. Of course, she's kind of pessimistic. She sees a man with a knife stuck in his throat. The girl waving gaily from the gallows. And listen to this. Our star will be the glamorous motion picture actress, Wendy Berry. Let's make it a day, now. Huh? Oh, by the way, this month's Inner Sanctum Mystery novel is The Lucky Stiff by Craig Rice. And now I guess it's really time to close that squeaking door until next week at the same time when Lipton Tea and Lipton Soup bring you another Inner Sanctum Mystery directed by Hyman Brown. So until then. Good night.
0: That was Song of the Slasher on Inner Sanctum, and you are listening to the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. All right. Well, that was a request from a listener, Shannon, who uh, wanted to hear that one of her favorite episodes, but also wanted to hear interaction she requested (laughs) between the Lipton Tea Lady and... Uh, Your host, Raymond. (laughs) Raymond, your host. Um, I I think it's important that we start with uh, Raymond and the Lipton Tea Lady before we even get into the story. Uh, Mainly because, and I alluded to Tim earlier before we started recording, I'm not sure I remember any of the episode because I was (laughs) so hung up on this conversation (laughs) between these two. As we said in the beginning, it is like a speed date gone terribly where these two sat down. It's like, okay, okay, you're... All right, I got to go. But not the speed part of it. Like, they sit down and right. they can't get up. <laughs> right, she can't just leave the table.
1: Yeah, I don't remember the very first Inner Sanctum story that I heard, but it it was one from this season that had Mary, the Lipton right. Lady, and Raymond, and that's what made me go, I got to listen to more Inner Sanctum, because that is just, like, that struck me as comedy gold. And, I mean, it, it is comedy gold, by
0: accident. No,
2: I think this is really
1: intentional. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the jokes are not comedy gold necessarily, but that interaction is designed as a kind of weird... Proto anti marketing. I mean, mm-hmm. she she literally says, "I sure hope listeners aren't listening to what you're saying about Lipton tea." Oh, and apparently they're not, because Lipton tea is the <laughs> most consumed tea in the world. So, like, they're literally saying in there that you know <laughs> this is bad product. this business. is bad advertising. <laughs> but we're still doing well. <laughs> it's just it really seems complicated compared the, to the kind of right. straightforward advertising of other shows from the same era.
0: I think the hard part for me was. Their conversations were really disturbing to me. I mean, he's talking about uh, he's going to beat her till she's black oh, yeah. and
1: blue. Well, happens, yeah. <laughs> he has the hilarious <laughs> poem about beating and killing a woman and then
0: asking her to make her Lipton tea. And now go make me some Lipton tea. And that was like, oh, what? That's hard to listen to. But then she says, I give up. <laughs> oh, no, you'd not give up. Listen, you need to get out of the room.
1: <laughs>
0: There's something very... Hard to listen to that that was funny back then, that that was tongue in cheek, that you could say stuff like that. It just, I know it's a different time and a different era, but oh man, that's, it's like watching a Charlie Chan movie. Well, (laughs) I would
1: argue, though, that that joke jumps out listening to one episode of Inner Sanctum, um, because often he would be doing takes on the actual episode. So I think as a joke, it's specifically Mm -hmm. a play on this episode, uh, which is, of course, stabbing and killing women too. (laughs) It's one of those weird things though, because I think it's strange that we have that fine line where we're fine to listen to entertainment if it's like crime and drama with all this violence, but if it is a joke riffing on it, Mm-hmm. In some ways, I think it'd be interpreted as being you know, ironic, that we're all listening to this for entertainment, and now I'm even going to do a poem about it, and then we're going to drink some Lipton tea. <laughs> There's enough irony in here that I don't want to be that guy that just looks back in time and thinks that, huh, I invented irony after 1971 when I was born, and nobody could absolutely be capable of that before then. And so I guess we can go back and know people's head, but this is so different from what is going on in other shows at the time. Right. I, I want to give them a, at least a little more leeway to think sure. that they aren't just sitting there, you know, smoking cigars and thinking they're going to stab women on their way home for kicks. Right. You it know, is disturbing to, I mean, even now it's disturbing <laughs> to listen to. Right.
0: <laughs> There's nothing okay about their exchanges. <laughs>
1: well, how much are you retroactively going back from that right. poem at the end? Right. I think their exchanges at the beginning are funny. I admire this, weird advertising and i know online there's a, I've, I've looked up there are a lot of hardcore inner sanctum fans who just think this is sacrilege this sort of wacky comedy this season where you have mary on there the lipton tea lady and i just think it accentuates
0: <laughs> the, 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 weirdness the the weirdness of weirdness of yeah, the, and and the intentional humor <laughs> let's move on to the story itself
1: it's another gonzo inner sanctum story where it's just they heap Twist after twist after twist, and like, oh hey, let's end with one more twist,
2: <laughs> right? That that performance of the the musician, I love it. I love it to bits. Just oh, the incredible, the... over the top, mm-hmm.
1: crazy guy. I love crazy, unsympathetic <laughs> artists because <And, laughs> they're they're portrayed and so we rarely in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I realize, oh wait, because they're portrayed very rarely in art because most art is made by artists who think they're the heroes <laughs> and, and so you, you don't see that archetype very very much
0: did you ever see reefer madness the mm-hmm. movie do you remember the scene where the guy is smoking the weed and then he plays the piano like a because yes. he's insane now yeah. yes that's how i picture this guy looking you know? oh, uh, i can't do it on crazy. the podcast yeah. but you know that that look of complete crazy because <laughs> he's smoking the the weed
1: he <laughs> was so crazy that i think it's pretty obviously a red herring because I mean, yep. he basically did everything but just sit down at the piano and go, I'm the slasher, I'm the slasher. It's <laughs> a little ditty, right? <laughs> right? Uh, but then they make up for it by throwing so many twists at the end. I was legitimately shocked when uh, Detective Miller just filled the piano player full of lead. He went yeah. for François yep. Truffaut on him and shot the piano player. <laughs> and, and I was like, what? And so, even though I saw the musician as a red herring, it didn't lead me to where they eventually ended up as over the top as it all was and as over the top as the detective miller is is very much in that mickey Splane hard-boiled where he's interrogating the dying woman who's been <laughs> stabbed to death they're going come on sister we'll get you some medical help just talk ah, she's <laughs> dead
0: <laughs> so tim thoughts on the entire program the uh, the the show itself
2: really liked it. I know in our last episode, we uh, talked a little bit about the music
0: of Flying Engine vs. the Ants, and this mm-hmm. is what I thought the music was great. Yeah, me too. I found it pretty scary. The whistling was weird. No? We like it? I, I, th- I think with that
1: kind of whistling is creepy. Just this sort of sound yeah. that indicates that there's... It's not the whistling in and of itself, but no. that it, what it indicates that yes. nearby is this killer.
0: Absolutely. The whistling, <laughs> whistling was too good. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean this didn't sound like a guy casually I, whistling that's a while professional he... whistler right there <laughs> it really <laughs> did sound like a guy like you know like he has an album on KTEL. yeah all yeah. the hits
1: he tours but, right he tours if, if the killer was going around like,
0: <whistles>
1: it wouldn't be very intimidating would it like, i mean more
0: like <whistles> just a <whistles> like he's whistling while he works but this seemed like he was I don't know. It made me... It was weird. I
1: never (laughs) stopped to criticize the whistling in this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry, but... I'm
1: sorry, Shannon. Don't stop listening to the podcast.
0: (laughs) I don't know what it was. It sounded like a guy stopped like he was on the street corner going, "Hey, here's another one. I got a I'm a really good whistler." It was the
1: critical part of Absolutely. Mr. Sykes the janitor's plot, so he he needed to make sure this whistling came off. Right? He probably practiced right a lot. A lot. <laughs> he got whistling lessons somewhere.
0: <laughs> whistling lessons. <laughs>
1: okay. It was the 40s. I assume people got whistling lessons
0: in the 40s, right? Sure. <laughs> I want to take whistling lessons. Oh, man. Uh, what other thoughts do we have about this? I I found it very suspenseful. Yeah, very, yeah. I found it
1: compelling. I compelling. mean, again, I love the over-the-top style. Like Everything is just so heightened. And I wasn't sure if the detective character was supposed to just be a hard-boiled detective or if his cruelty was sort of... To foreshadow mm-hmm. that he was going to end up murdering his wife,
2: and right. that one I, I'm still not sure if that's just a that style yeah, they chose, I or if we were suspicious. That it probably says something bad about me that I just sort of took it for granted. Oh yeah, our main character is a jerk. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but that's common in this sort of again that would be the yeah. hardboiled yeah.
2: style. Yeah, what I didn't understand,
1: and whether it was a writing shortcut or again to foreshadow, is why he needed to move his wife into the terrible neighborhood in order to investigate it. Did we think that was part
2: of his oh, yeah, plan? Yeah. Uh, okay. does <laughs> I suppose it's because yeah. he either wanted to keep an eye on her, you know, yeah. retroactively with that knowledge, or he just couldn't afford two places. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's that. Just, just a question. It, you know what's interesting about it, though, is, again, going back to Raymond, and we've talked about Raymond before. And if you're an Inner Sanctum fan, uh, good for you. I can't stand <laughs> it. I can't stand it. And I we've had this talk. Mm-hmm. You love him, Ironically, don't
1: yes. you? Yes. Oh, and even ironically, no, I love his irony. I yeah. love yes. I love his irony because yes. I think he is intending it. I mean. I don't think anyone thinks, like, you've got to accentuate the ectoplasm and eliminate no. the protoplasm. It's like some guy was writing that going,
0: gold! <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. but I'll, I... I'll be writing
1: for Bing Crosby next week. Yeah, it sounds
0: like a, like a feud between the writer
2: and the performer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, like he's they're... making fun of
2: the writer's
1: They're just barely words. jokes. <laughs> right. Like what else does he say? Something like, "Oh, if you're suffering from chills, sit in the fire." This is like, (laughs) (laughs) it is like a five year old wrote those jokes, right? You know, comparing it to other sophisticated jokes being written on the radio at this time, there's definitely intended irony.
2: What did Mary say? I've forgotten it now already. That was, I can talk like you too. Where she said something about water, and I can't even remember what it was, but it was nothing like Raymond. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think she was saying something about other teas being bitter and nasty or something <laughs> like that. And, and, but Lipton is, is never wishy washy. That's the other thing. It was the weirdest description
2: of a fluid. <laughs> it, <laughs>
0: so I had that reaction like, you
2: sound nothing like Raymond. Don't pretend you're Raymond. Yeah, you're defensive of Raymond? Yes. <laughs>
0: I, the, the reason I brought that up again, though, is because it's like two different shows are going on. Mm-hmm. And when you get into the sla- Song of the Slasher and you're in it and it's great and I'm enjoying it, and then we come out to that, and I'm like, ah, get out of the room, you guys. Like, you're ruining this. Sl- <laughs> you're ruining my Song of the Slasher. It's really good. And you two, I don't know what you're doing, but it's. <sighs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think we mentioned it before. That huge contrast is yeah. what makes Inner Sanctum for me. There is so much horror in this vein at this time on the radio. Right. On um, these types of stories. This, this is something that really makes it different. And it can get so dark in here. I mean, there's so much stabbing and shooting and <laughs> right. betrayal. And then yeah. to have this sort of lighthearted absurdity coming and going out of these stories is. is there's just nothing else like
2: it. Well, and the the structure does mean you won't have a story where you are really invested and sympathetic with the characters uh, and be worried for their fates. It's going to be stories, like you were saying, of terrible people, terrible things happening to them, and yeah. you feel okay about it because you have Raymond here who's joking about it, yeah. telling you that it's okay to feel apart from the action and to make fun of it, or that it, that you're safe.
0: I hear that. Could just say that though without the puns. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't you? Hey, 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 hey. It's just even a story. Puns. <laughs> no, they're not even in all puns. fairness to puns. You <laughs> know, it, right. You feel it chill. sit in the fire. Not, not a pun. Not anything. It's just telling someone to sit in fire. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. <laughs> I
2: mean, I'm sure if this were Transcribed in a book like Shakespeare with all the references on the other side of the page. <laughs> it's probably some commercial of the time, some popular phrase that... Sit in the fire? Yes. Very witty at the time. <laughs> right. Lost to the ages.
0: <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's vote. <laughs> Jim. Timeless classic. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I definitely enjoy it. Uh, and I would say it holds up. I... I apologize Shannon I don't know that I would call it a timeless classic but I I enjoyed it and didn't even have to put on my imagine it was the time to enjoy it it's it's still enjoyable as a modern audience listener
1: Yeah I mean I would say Raymond and Mary's interactions for this season of shows that they did is a radio classic. I, I, <laughs> I love that this happened.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, uh, it's obviously story-wise pretty dated, yet at the same time, the whole inner sanctum approach always mm-hmm. seems surprisingly postmodern and something almost m- more modern than the time to me uh, when I listen to it. So um, I, w- I would say dated, but solidly entertaining.
0: I will say that I love the story. Uh, If I was listening to just the Lipton tea lady and, and Raymond, I could listen to that. I I don't like going back and forth because it, Makes my brain switch gears. Like, so if
1: I made you a super edit of just Raymond and I'd Mary, like, that. the entire season's worth, it would probably add up to two hours of just them. My answering. birthday
0: is May 15th. Right. <laughs> I will say that the story itself, I liked it and I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was well written and it was creepy and suspenseful and I loved it. Timeless classic. Ah, that's. I think we're reserving those for some really great episodes. Seems like that's the way we're leaning with that phrase, timeless classic. But I think it does stand the test of time. And it, I think people would enjoy it uh, at any era. All right. well thank you so much for listening and Shannon thank you so much for your suggestion Uh, If you want to learn more or even have some suggestions of your own uh, you can go to ghoulishdelights.com. And what will they find there, Tim?
2: You will find information about uh, live performances We occasionally go out in the world and perform live versions of uh, these classic radio shows that we talk about here Uh, You can also listen to old episodes Uh, You can get a hold of us, which is exactly what Shannon did. Uh, If you have suggestions for episodes, please let us know. We would love to include them in our lineup. Uh, We'll just forewarn you that there are some very
0: classic titles that we are saving for special anniversary episodes. Mm. And to see us perform recreations of these old-time radio shows, uh, we'll be at the James Hill Center for the next few months through May of 2017, once a month. You can get that information on the website. In fact, in February, we're going to be performing... The Diamond as
1: Big as the Ritz by F. Scott Fitzgerald, adapted for Escape, as well as the Shadow People from Hall of Fantasy.
0: Nice. And like Shannon and others, while you're there enjoying this podcast, you could uh, write Write a
1: review, please. We uh, love nice reviews, and it certainly helps us on iTunes. It helps get more eyeballs on this podcast and then get more ears listening to it. All parts of your face. (laughs) 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 So please, write a review. We really appreciate uh, all the listeners who already have written reviews.
0: Our next show will be Tim's. Yes, we'll be
2: listening to an episode of Macabre called The Man in the Mirror. Till next time.
4: Look out!